What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Halfback Dynasty, Episode 6. Take a deep breath. My name is Brendan. We are joined with our co-host, Tyler. Tyler, how the heck you feeling, my man? Doing pretty well, Brendan, so far. You know, we're halfway through the week. Uh, the title of this episode is Take a Deep Breath. Uh, we're kind of into crunch time in most leagues here. We got the trade deadline coming up either today, tomorrow, this week. It's hard to say, depending on your league. And also, we got playoff time right around the corner here. So as our uh, episode title suggests, just take a deep breath. Don't make any hasty trades or panic moves to try and force a playoff run or to chase a title. You're never one piece away. And as we've mentioned multiple times, uh, you got to take a realistic uh, look at your team this time of year. See what you need. See what you don't need. Be okay with being a middling team if that's what you are at this point. Don't go sell the house to try and win a title. You know, you got to remember it's not one. It's not a one-year league. Yeah, nothing's worse than unintentionally uh, breaking down your team, making bad trades based on spontaneity and and panicking. So, great episode here tonight, Tyler. I am stoked to jump right in. As always, we'll start with the Week 9 recap. So Dalvin Cook, running back for the Minnesota Vikings, absolutely dominated yet again. This past week he played – or Minnesota played the Detroit Lions. Real quick, Dalvin Cook stat line, 22 carries, 206 rushing yards. It's insane. Two touchdowns. The man averaged 9.4 yards per carry. Receiving stat line is two receptions for 46 yards. This man had 42 fantasy points in a half PPR format. He's the running back one now currently in half PPR. Alvin Kamara, the running back for the Saints, ranks second behind Dalvin Cook. And he is 31 points behind Cook. And mind you, Dalvin Cook even missed week six against the Atlanta Falcons, which would have been such a juicy matchup for him. Tyler, what are your thoughts on Dalvin Cook? Is he going to continue to be this type of elite? And can we trust him to stay healthy the rest of the season? Uh, I mean, you said it best. Elvin Cook's just out of control right now. Um, currently, I want to emphasize currently, Delvin Cook is the best running back in fantasy football right now. Um, I mean, over the last two games, 369 rushing yards, 109 yards receiving in six tutties. That is just out of control. And obviously, you got the blowout win uh, that happened in uh, the Saints game. So we're not going to hold the 31 points against our man, Stir Fry, Alvin Kamara. But, hey, it is what it is. He is the number two back right now. Um, As always, uh, the biggest concern with Cook is and always will be health. Obviously, nobody can predict health. Uh, He seems to be back healthy again, but... I question if he'll finish the season, if he'll finish the fantasy playoff run. He just never seems to be able to. But, I mean, right now, he's just an absolute monster. Um, As a contender, I don't think there's any better asset outside of maybe CMC, maybe Kamara, that you could possibly own right now trying to make a title run. Again, currently, I think Delvin Cook is the best running back in fantasy football. And if you're rebuilding – I wouldn't even keep holding. I would sell him after these last two weeks for an absolute haul. Uh, his his value is probably the highest it's ever been, and that is really saying something when it comes to Delvin Cook. His value is probably the highest it'll ever be. Uh, what more could you expect from a running back? 
I think the true test is to see what he's going to do this upcoming matchup against the Chicago Bears, who are almost a top 10, maybe top 12 ranked defense against running backs. Uh, his rest of season schedule is pretty mixed, but overall it's pretty solid. So uh, Cook's got to face the Bears twice, goes up against a lousy Cowboys defense, Panthers defense, Jaguars defense. He will play a tough Tampa Bay defense, New Orleans defense, but then he's got the Lions defense. So overall, I mean, it seems that he has the opportunity to put up 40 points almost any given week for the rest of the season. So Dalvin Cook is quite the running back to own at this time. Tyler, moving ahead, QB mashup. We had a series of backup quarterbacks jump behind center this week and kind of lead their team. Uh, Two losses, but... Uh, they still got some good play in. I was pretty impressed with these quarterbacks. Alex Smith, quarterback for Washington. Jake Luton, quarterback for Jacksonville. Garrett Gilbert, quarterback for Dallas. They all somewhat exceeded expectations for being a backup quarterback. Alex Smith had a stat line of 24. Uh, he went 24 for 32 with a 75% completion rate. That's pretty dang good. 325 yards passing, one touchdown, but unfortunately three picks against the New York Giants. Jake Luton had 26 pass completions out of 38 attempts. He had 304 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick against Houston. And Garrett Gilbert had 21 completions out of 38 attempts for 243 yards and one touchdown and one pick versus Pittsburgh Steelers. And honestly, Dallas almost won that game, which was pretty impressive. So these stat lines really aren't all that bad besides the three picks from Alex Smith. What's the outlook on all three of these QBs listed and what's going to happen to the offense for the rest of the season with these guys? Uh, you know, you got Alex Smith back in the starting role this week. Uh, I think he's shown a pretty solid floor in years past. Uh, he's got a lower ceiling than a fair amount of quarterbacks, but a pretty solid floor. Uh, he's probably available in most one QB leagues. I mean, if you're in a bind, uh, you could obviously do a lot worse than Alex Smith. Uh, he's a safe start. Not sure. Not saying he's one of the top guys, but in a one QB league, guaranteed he's available if you need a QB right now. Um, I wouldn't expect a ton, but as Brendan mentioned, he did go over 300 yards last week. Uh, I think the only concerning part was the INTs, but some of that could be rust. You know, he's still getting up to game speed, so uh, not. Not a bad person to lean on if you're in a bind at QB. Uh, Jake Luton uh, had a pretty solid outing. Uh, crazy start. I think his first pass of the game was 76-yard teeter to the house for DJ Chark. I mean, I didn't. I don't even think the red zone was on yet, and that there was already a touchdown. So uh, the <laughs> coach has said earlier this week he's likely to get the start. I mean, uh, he's going to start. You know, he looked pretty good. I don't think they have a better option. So I think they're going to keep rolling him. Kind of like Alex Smith. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect a ton. But uh, he's a nice stash in both one QB leagues. I can't imagine he's available in Superflex. But if he is, absolutely worth the stash. But even in a one QB, he's worth the stash next year just in case. You know, guys come out of nowhere at the QB position and, you know, he could hit next year. As far as G squared goes, I mean, I'm less excited about him as I am that maybe the four or five fantastic fantasy assets on the Dallas Cowboys are actually somewhat alive at this point. Um, I mean, Cooper's still shown a little bit through 
the up and down since Prescott has uh, gone down. But I mean, Lamb and Gallup, Schultz are flat out unplayable until this weekend. I thought CeeDee Lamb showed some life. He got in the end zone. He looked like maybe he was uh, Gilbert's favorite target. Uh, Zeke has looked like a disaster since Prescott went down. So for me, this one is way less about Gilbert himself. It's more about hopefully he can revitalize the offense enough that, you know, the, the really good fantasy assets that have gone by the wayside can be used the rest of the season. That would be pretty exciting because like Brendan mentioned, I mean, he did all this against a very, very good defense. So we'll see what he does going forward. Uh, when I was researching Gilbert, man, I, I was shocked to realize he was 29 years old. <laughs> I thought he had maybe just come into the league. So here's to hoping uh, C.D. Lamb, Gallup, Cooper, Schultz, uh, Zeke, hopefully all these guys moving forward with what looks to be somebody that can actually move the ball down the field can be used again as we come down to the playoffs here. I think that was Gilbert's first NFL start too, which is pretty wild. I think the big key takeaway here is he gained confidence. I mean, he had a chance to lead the Cowboys to beat the Steelers. So, uh, I mean, what more could you want? I mean, obviously they didn't really have much of an expectation throwing out their fourth string QB or whatever he is on the depth chart. But moving forward, I'm hoping to see the, the Cowboys kind of pick things back up a little bit and get the ball moving downfield. Next up, uh, the Miami Dolphins upset the Arizona Cardinals 34 to 31, moving both teams to a 5 and 3 record. Tua Tagovailoa uh, led the Dolphins to upset the Cardinals, which is pretty crazy. He had a great outing in my opinion. I mean, 20 for 28, 248 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. I mean, that's pretty dang good for a guy who uh Probably feeling a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of nervousness. You know, he had a big injury in college, played last week, got to start this past week. So really happy to see him out there. I think that's a, a really cool moment to be a part of and, and definitely watch. The running backs didn't contribute too much for Miami. Honestly, this was pretty much expected. I mean, Miles Gaskin is out with an injury and he's a decent pass catching back, but running backs were pretty bad this week. Jordan Howard had 10 rushes for 19 yards for a lousy 1.9 yards per carry. Uh, he did find the end zone. Uh, Selvin Ahmed, my goodness, I don't think any of us really knew who this guy was, but he seemed like the leader of the backfield in a sense. Seven rush attempts for 38 yards with a 5.4 yards per carry. Patrick Laird, definitely a, a bust. I, I picked him up in a couple leagues just as a flyer, hoping that maybe he runs away with the backfield for a couple weeks. But there's nothing, nothing to see here. Uh, wide receivers, Preston Williams looked good again. Four receptions for 60 yards and a teeter. Uh, but moving on to the Cardinals side of the ball, my goodness, Tyler. Kyler Murray is just a baller. I mean, I don't know what more you want from this kid. He was going top 10 in startup super flex leagues, and I was a little skeptical. Heck, he was even going like top five in some leagues. But this guy is just doing it again and again. Passing, he was 21 for 26, 283 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. But check out this rushing stat line. I mean, 11 rush attempts, 106 rushing yards, and one touchdown. He averages 9.6 yards per carry in this game. He almost got a first down every time he touched the ball. That's ridiculous. Chase Edmonds was okay. You know, I had a decent showing. 25 carries for 70 yards. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins... 
Guy was basically invisible, very upsetting. Uh, Christian Kirk, however, had a great game. He is definitely blowing up. I'd keep my eye out on Christian Kirk. He's definitely on the come up in terms of value. Uh, five receptions, 123 receiving yards, and one touchdown. Tyler, I gave a lot of statistics there. There was quite a few things to see. What are your overall thoughts on this game? And, I mean, the Dolphins, they're kind of a sleeper team at this time. I mean, what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, I had uh, just a few takeaways from this game. Uh, you covered Christian Kirk, so I won't spend much time there. I think he is uh, an intriguing asset moving forward if you've held on to him. I know a lot of people were down on him uh, through an injury-ravaged season last year, but my main takeaways were the quarterback side for both teams. Uh, Kyler Murray's just a phenomenal asset in fantasy, um, not only due to his passing ability, which his passing yards aren't always great, but he's always in the end zone, it seems like, for multiple times. But uh, his rushing upside is just enormous. You know, there's no replacing that in fantasy. You know, you got a guy that, if you're in a bonus league, uh, got a bonus for getting over 100 yards. I mean, that's just fantastic. It's like having an extra running back in your lineup as well as a quarterback. So absolutely huge. Uh, he continues to be week to week also. Uh, that That's what's most impressive is he's not up and down and all over the place. He's been very, very steady this year. Um, like Brendan mentioned, he's definitely a, a top five asset in Superflex moving forward. And as far as a one QB league goes, as far as just the quarterback position, I would probably put him as a top three right now. Uh, moving forward because of his age and his upside. Um, but kind of if you're looking at buying Kyler Murray right now, uh, it, it's not a good idea. Um, he, it's kind of like Lamar Jackson was last year. I wouldn't even attempt to buy him at this point. Uh, his value is the highest it's ever been in his young career, and that's just the wrong time to buy a player. So if you really want Kyler Murray, let, the, uh, let it die down a little bit, kind of like it did with Jackson. You know, maybe he comes back down to earth a little bit next year. Look at what you could buy uh, Lamar Jackson for now versus last year. Just let it simmer. Don't go out and try to buy a guy like that in a historic year. And on the other side, I mean, Tua showed some big upside. He helped the Dolphins to an upset win. Um, I mean, just from an organization standpoint, Miami's done a really nice job of turning their franchise around rather quickly. Um, you know, you look at how they were last year versus where they are this year. That's really nice work by Miami. Uh, but back to Tua, he had a nice jump in his second start. He had two teeters through the air at another 35 on the ground. You know, he's got some rushing upside as well, which will really boost his fantasy long-term. Uh, he's just got to learn to be smart with it. You know, he obviously had that tough injury in college. So he's got to get down. He's got to make sure he's not relying on his legs. You always want to rely on your arm in the NFL. Look at a guy like Mahomes. He rushed a lot in college. He almost doesn't run at all anymore. You got to get it done through the air, but you know, what a big upside if you can be smart about your running. Uh, so I'm excited to see how he grows the rest of the year. Uh, he's a phenomenal asset in Superflex due to age, upside, all of that. And a pretty has a pretty intriguing value in a one QB league. Yeah, it's about time the Dolphins turn their franchise around. My goodness. Yeah, they've been pretty huff for as long as I can remember. So good stuff here. Next up, the New Orleans Saints absolutely rolled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 38-3. to Drew Brees beats Tom Brady for the second time this season. Drew Brees looked like his old self. I mean, 26 for 32, 
222 passing yards, but this is where it gets back to his norm, four passing touchdowns. Uh, he's he's one of the legends for a reason. Uh, we also had a Jameis Winston sighting, which was pretty cool to see. I think he had like one pass, you know, one pass completion for 12 yards or whatever it was. Some key takeaways here. Alvin Kamara uh, was pretty quiet, as we mentioned. He got game scripted out, believe it or not, which don't, doesn't really happen too often. So uh, we got to see some backup play. You know, our boy Taysom Hill is always enjoying being flexed into every single offensive position there is known to mankind. Uh, Michael Thomas was pretty quiet in his first game back. Good news is at least he can build some rapport with Drew Brees. Hopefully get the ball rolling a little bit towards the end of the season for everybody who's held him. Uh, Tom Brady, all I got to say is yikes. Another frustrating night for him. 22 for 38, 209 passing yards, zero tutties, three picks. That's pretty disgusting. Uh, One thing to also note Tyler, as we predicted, we said do not start any Tampa Bay Buccaneers running backs against the New Orleans Saints last week. Well, check this out. Tampa Bay only had five rushing attempts, man. Five. Five rushing attempts the entire game. What the heck is that all about? It's ridiculous. Uh, Mike Evans had the best receiving stat line out of the bunch. He had four... I think he had four receptions for 64 yards. So, I mean, it's a, it's a quiet night for him. But, you know, it's all good. Sometimes you have down games. What did you think about this matchup? What are your overall thoughts? Uh, just kind of what happened in this game was my main thought. You know, the, the Saints absolutely crushed the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks looked flat-out lost out there. Like, they had no idea they even had a game that night. I mean, it was just crazy to watch. You just kept thinking Tampa Bay was going to get going. It was going to get closer. And then it just, it never did. You know, as you mentioned, Kamara getting game scripted out of a game. I I literally didn't even know that was possible uh, because of his skill set. But obviously by halftime, that game was over. You know, there's, there's no reason to be playing solid assets as an actual fan, as an actual football team, excuse me, when, when the game's over. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, Brady was horrendous. Uh, I'm not even like it's baffling, you know, honestly, thinking about that game is baffling. Evans and Godwin were essentially worthless. You know, Evans put together a decent stat line because uh, he had some garbage time, a uh, couple big catches in garbage time from what I remember. So he was able to put a stat line together. Uh, I think from a neutral fan perspective, it was pretty sh- fun to watch because it was so shocking. But at the same time, you kind of waited on this marquee matchup all day. And it was kind of a, a massive letdown, obviously. But uh, still shocking, so it was kind of fun to see. And as you mentioned, you know, Thomas came out and had five balls for 51 yards. Uh, good to see him back out there. And I think he'll build on that uh, pretty quickly. Absolutely. You know, a few things is after – the Saints rolled the Bucks. I think it was week one they, they faced off. It was either week one or week two. You know, we were all eager to see the the matchup of the, the GOAT QBs and just such a disappointing showing. So, you know, you have your good days, you have your bad days. So it is what it is. Both teams are still very good. It's very difficult to believe that Alvin Kamara got game scripted out against such a good defense. So that makes it even more unbelievable in its own. Tyler, moving on to some random topics. As the trade deadline's approaching, you know, we've been discussing the past couple weeks. Most leagues, the trade deadline is like now. Uh, I wanted to kind of hit on a couple key questions. Since the trade deadline is approaching, 
a lot of us will have to rely on the waiver wire for the rest of season, whether we need to pick up guys who uh, are replacing injured starters or we need some Hail Mary sleepers. Is there any talent left on the waiver wire at this point? I think this is very like league dependent, uh, format dependent, size of your rosters, number of teams, all that kind of stuff. I think it's just very dependent league to league. Uh, if you have smaller or shallower, shallower rosters, I think there could definitely be some nice stashes out there on the waiver wire. Um, as far as larger rosters, like the big league you and I are in, uh, there's really nothing out there, you know, at this point. Um, so it'd be hard to find a gem, but, you know, really watch as it comes to, down the stretch. You know, some of these teams in the real NFL towards a uh, playoff push time in fantasy, you know, teams that are eliminated, you might see some young guys that come out of nowhere that you've never heard of. Uh, make sure you're checking stat lines every week on websites that, you know, we'll tweet them. You know, if we think there's uh, any great stashes out there as the weeks roll on, we'll make sure and tweet at you guys. So just be checking all that, but focus mostly on the box scores right now because occasionally down the stretch, yeah, there's some gems to be had in Dynasty. Whether they hit or not's one thing, but hey, if you've got roster space, stash what you think could be good. So would you take this type of opportunity to drop maybe a, a roster clogger for a backup or a third string just in hopes that they get a shot? I mean, look at guys like DJ Dallas. If you have a, a super deep roster, obviously he's most likely rostered in that type of league. But a guy like him had two pretty good weeks that you could start him at at running back. So do you go for these types of players now or do you wait to go into a bidding war once – Chris Carson's down again or whatever it may be. Yeah, depending on uh, who you have as roster cloggers, absolutely. I think if, if there's a player like a DJ Dallas, that's a good call. If there's a player like that out there, if you're in, a again, a shallower rostered league, sure, absolutely stash him. I mean, there's guys, older players, veterans, or what were once possible waiver wire gems that are now just roster cloggers. Absolutely. Drop them and pick somebody up with more upside. It's funny you mentioned that because T.Y. Hilton comes to mind for me. I'm so happy I don't own him in any leagues. I have no idea what to do with him. A.J. Green's another one out there. It's just crazy to think that these names are potential roster cloggers moving forward. So great. So we covered uh, you know high-end backups in a sense that you should look for these guys ahead of time, be ahead of the curve. Otherwise, you will go into a FOB bidding war. Uh, and you know, set yourself up. I mean, if I recall last year, Jalen Samuels, the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, had a couple good weeks late in the season. So there are guys out there like that. And if you own them, you know, you're looking good. You'll be able to fill out your starting requirements pretty easily, even with some injuries on your team. Uh, make sure you also pick up your cuffs. You know, if you see a guy that's a cuff for your running back or even third string, if you can hold them, grab them. Mine as well. It doesn't hurt at this point. You know, while we're approaching the trade deadline, I also want to discuss draft picks. I know on Dynasty League Football, there's always a, a way too early thread being made a year before the actual draft takes place. So, for example, there's probably already a thread that says way too early 2021 draft class. But we have to look ahead and see, are we going to be trading for picks in return? Are we going to sell our picks? Is the draft diluted with subpar talent is it filled with tons of talent do we have any predictions or landing spots yet tyler are, are we accumulating picks what are we doing for the 2021 draft class as of right now 
I think a lot of that depends on build, you know, what you're looking at moving forward. Um, I've said it before. I think first rounders might be the cheapest they've ever been currently just with COVID and all the uncertainty and, you know, will these kids get their full time to develop? Will they miss games in college? Will the seasons get canceled? All that stuff I think is very interesting uh, right now. As far as moving forward, landing spots, I think it's too early, but I, I think it's not too early to maybe take a look team by team almost, if you will, if you're looking at your assets and maybe possible assets coming in. You know, I always think the uh, running back position is maybe the easiest to predict a year out. You know, obviously it's not always uh, the case that you're right or it's not as clear cut and dry, but just kind of going through a couple teams right now, I think as far as RBs go coming in, you know, the Jets are probably going to be looking at a running back. Um, David Montgomery's a risky asset right now. Chicago might be looking at one. Uh, Montgomery's not developing quite like I think people thought he would. Uh, he still has time, but he's struggling. Uh, Miami, you got to think, is going to take a running back. Atlanta with Gurley. Uh, Gurley's health issues. I think he's only on a one-year deal. Uh, Arizona with Drake and Edmonds, you know, those guys are all maybe top candidates to take a running back. Um, some of the other possibilities I have are obviously Denver. Gordon's not getting younger. Lindsay is not uh, an every down running back. I think Buffalo's interesting. I know they took Zach Moss. We'll see what happens there. I think they give him another year, but uh, they're an interesting case. Uh, Washington, Antonio Gibson looks like a good running back, but who knows long-term. Uh, Jacksonville is interesting to me. Obviously, James Robinson is still uh, – he still just makes people a little bit uncomfortable long-term. Uh, I think he's done enough and shown enough. But, hey, if they have a different coaching staff, a new regime next year, who knows? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing Robinson has going is how he's played and he's not going to cost any money. Um, just kind of looking forward to wide receiver needy teams real quick. I kind of have New England, very needy. Uh, the Browns, depending on Beckham, uh, depending on their whole system, maybe it's just their system that's not producing good uh, receivers right now. I think Indy needs to look at receivers. It's uh, You mentioned T.J. or uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Philadelphia, I, they just need assets all over the offensive side. So I think they could look, uh, again, Washington. And obviously, I think Green Bay needs some help. Uh, and then you got about three or four heavy-hitting tight end prospects coming out. So... You know, the class will be like every class. You know, people will get excited about uh, prospects. Uh, the picks will get more and more expensive as you get closer and closer and rookie hype hits. Uh, real quick, just some of the top guys I have currently in non-superflex, no particular order at this point, but uh, Travis Etienne running back for Clemson, Jamar Chase wide receiver, uh, Najee Harris running back, Devontae Smith uh, wide receiver, Jalen Waddell, I know he broke his ankle, but he's still a top prospect. He's going to be okay. He'll be coming into the draft, I'm sure, unless he stays back one more year. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, uh, Rondell Moore, Amen Ross St. Brown, and then obviously in Superflex and even non-Superflex, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields could be phenomenal assets. So just kind of an early quick look, quick overview. I mean, you and I, Brendan, will cover this extensively. Uh, once the playoffs are over and we come into uh, draft time. So the importance of this discussion right now, you have to be thinking about this way ahead of time, because if you are rebuilding, this is your last chance to accumulate picks and picks only 
get more and more expensive as the season goes on and as we get closer to the next draft. So with Dynasty, you always have to be one step ahead. You have to prepare for next year. If you plan on winning the league, you're you're getting a late first-round pick. Could be good, could be bad. You might find a, a stud, you might not. So one thing that I've always realized from my experiences with Dynasty is with top running backs, you basically have to draft them. I mean, there's it's the only viable way to not overpay. You're not going to be able to buy McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, you might because he's down or, you know, guys like that because of the fact that you have to give up like three to four first rounds worth of value, first round picks worth of value. So I think you need to scout out who is falling apart, whose team will fall apart, and you need to go after and get those picks. You need to figure out which teams you think will have the best chance at netting you a high-value pick. So something to keep in mind, in mind, folks. Make sure you're always looking ahead. This is the last week to do it, so we'll see what happens. Tyler, I'm already excited to talk about the offseason, and we're still midseason. I mean, that's a big part of Dynasty, and that's why – Playing Dynasty is so much fun. So uh, we'll be excited to cover our first offseason. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, that's what makes it so fun. It's never too early to start looking at next season. Uh, I think one of the big things with picks, uh, I know a lot of people look at it a little bit differently. Um, I actually just watched Into the Spider-Verse for the first time uh, this past weekend. And with early picks comes great responsibility. Um don't reach if you're at an early pick. That's uh, my best advice. Take the best player available. Take the guy who you think you know is the best in the class without reaching necessarily, or fell in the best landing spot. If you want to reach, if you fall in love with the player, you know trade back if you can. Always a safe bet. But like Brendan mentioned, and I mentioned, picks will never be cheaper than they are right now. You know, once the combine happens, these guys are always the next best player in the NFL. So get your picks now. Yeah, I remember in one of my leagues, I was trying to get the 101 to draft either CEH or Jonathan Taylor. And it was basically assumed I have to add something to Dalvin Cook to obtain the 101. And I was like, "Uh, no way. That's not happening. But just to show you the perspective, you know, you're getting a a fresh 21, 22 year old that hasn't taken a beating yet. They land in, for example, the best offensive system in the league, Kansas City. You know, CEH's value was worth like three first round picks the second he was drafted. So make sure you make your attempts to snag those picks now if that's the route you're trying to take. All right, moving on. Uh, Probably the last week we can do this, but buy, sell, holds as the trade deadline approaches. Tyler, I'm going to name a couple guys. We're going to see what you would do with these guys and these assets. Give a quick explanation as to why you would either buy, sell, or hold these players. Got two QBs, two running backs, two wide receivers, two tight ends. You ready? All set, man. Awesome. Kicking it off, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Buy, sell, or hold? Uh, Depending on what you could get for him, I would be looking to sell Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, He's too inconsistent. I'm starting to feel that Minnesota isn't truly behind him. I, I don't think the organization thinks that he's going to get him to a Super Bowl. So I, I think he'll be on his way out whenever the next couple of years of his contract are up. Next up, quarterback for your favorite team, Drew Locke, quarterback for the Denver Broncos. 
Right now, I think he's a hold. I don't think you're going to get much for him. Um, I think he's shown a little bit in the last couple of weeks that he is capable. Uh, the biggest issue with me with Drew Locke is uh, he, he needs to get going much faster than the third or fourth quarter. You know, maybe that some of that is youth, but that's the biggest concern at this point. But he's put together a couple good games. Um He's shown he can throw the ball. I, I just I'm not sure what's up with the slow starts, but again, I don't think you get anything for him, so I would hold. Yeah, it makes sense. He's young enough. I mean, no reason to trade him for what you know a, a late round draft pick or try to get a, a, a wide receiver stash. I mean, no one's going to pay up big bucks for Drew Locke in a one QB league. It's just the honest truth. So couldn't agree more. Next up, this is a very controversial player. You and I have had many, many discussions about this guy. So many conversations about him on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Real quick, Tyler, I'm going to give DLF a shout out. You can go on their website, join the forums pages, and you can talk to guys like myself or Tyler. You can find me at McCaffsties. Tyler is GatorSense. But this next player is a big topic of conversation, and rightfully so. That is Joe Mixon, the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler, are you buying, selling, or holding here? Really interesting timing on that uh, question there, Brendan. Uh, Currently, I'm holding. Um, You and I discussed this before the show. Um, Obviously, he is a phenomenal talent. Uh, You keep waiting for him to be more consistent. Maybe that's offensive line. Maybe that's his health currently. Um, either way, he's tied to a fantastic young quarterback and what looks like a very up-and-coming offense. Uh, I would still hold, but clock's ticking a little bit on Joe Mixon for me. Couldn't agree more. Very difficult to decide what to do here. I mean, he holds tremendous name value. He's just still a top 10 running back, regardless of how you feel about his statistics. Still pretty young, got that contract extension. Now on, like you said, a really young upcoming offense. You just have to know when when do you give up. And it's a tough one because you just don't know in this situation. So when in doubt, Tyler, I suggest to hold. The guy's still proven, has proven he can be elite. So I think he will have those elite games moving forward. It's just a matter of when. Next up, another big running back we've talked about quite a bit. Ronald Jones running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What are you doing with him? I think at this point, he's also a hold. I think if you were going to sell uh, Ronald Jones, it was two or three weeks ago when he was really putting together a nice campaign. I mean, now all of a sudden, he's not touching the ball. Four nets there running back. Uh, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense with what he was showing because he was showing he could be a very capable running back in the right situation. Uh, you're not going to get anything again for Jones now. So I, I would simply hold Jones is very young. Jones, Jones was very young as a rookie. So uh, he's young for how long he's been in the league, I guess you could say. So I, I would hold. I think he's got a good skill set. Uh, his lack of pass catching is concerning, but uh, he showed he can run the football, in my opinion. Yeah, unless you have a, a Rojo believer. Not much to see here. You have to hold until he has a big game. So there's always a Rojo believer, though, believe it or not. You just got to find him in the league. All right, moving on to some wide receivers. This is one of my favorite wide receivers, actually, in the NFL. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. Buy, sell, or hold? 
a hold for me. Um, a lot of holds, apparently. Um, he is a fantastic asset. Again, he's now tied to Joe Burrow. He's got T. Higgins on the other side of him that is a, a tough matchup against defenses due to size, uh, whereas Tyler Boyd can play outside slot wherever he needs to go. Um, very tough player to cover, as we've seen. Uh, easy hold for me. I think he's a buy for me. Uh, obviously, I would hold him if I could. Uh, reason why I think he's a buy is because he is one of those guys. He's currently like a top 15 wide receiver. So he's day in, day out, like a, a high-end wide receiver too. He carries pretty low name value. He's just like a Robert Woods type of guy. Uh, I'm not speaking in relation to age. I'm speaking in terms of people don't feel that his name holds elite status, if that makes sense. He has produced a pretty good season, and he is just not valued at a wide receiver one, a back-end wide receiver one, or a high-end wide receiver two. Honestly, I'd have no problem chalking up like a mid to late first round pick for Tyler Boyd. And people would think that's an overpay. To me, I don't think that is. I mean, what more do you want from your wide receiver two on your team? The guy has great potential. He's very young, broke out in year three, had a great year four, or this is a, this might be his year four. He's having a great year four. Uh, either way, he followed a pretty traditional wide receiver breakout timeline. Year three, you ball out and then you keep going year four, five, six. So I think he's a buy if you have the opportunity to, especially off of a team that's not contending. I mean, they might not see the value, you know, and they might think his value is going to dip over time. But with Joe Burrow, like you mentioned, it's only going up. So go out and get Tyler Boyd. Moving on, Marquise Hollywood Brown, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. Buy, sell, or hold. Um, I think I would still buy uh, Marquise Brown, depending on price. I think his price this offseason was outrageous. I mean, he was the, the hot name. He was getting a ton of run as the fantasy breakout player of this season. Obviously, that has not happened. Um, I still like Marquise Brown's skill set a lot. I think his values dipped immensely. Therefore, I think he could be a nice buy low. And it might not be for Baltimore. You know, he, he's already expressed uh, his distaste for the play calling in Baltimore. Um, so obviously he's under contract for another couple of years, but he's young uh, in the right system. I think he could be a fantastic asset. Uh, easy buy for me, again, depending on price. I would not pay an early first for him, nothing like that. But a late first, eh, I can see the value there. Yeah, I like the late first round pick there. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, if you have somebody that's still caught up on his value from the offseason, honestly, I would sell. I don't think he's going to excel with the Ravens anymore. I mean, what Lamar Jackson did last season was very impressive, but Lamar Jackson seems kind of off, if that makes sense. I mean, I know they're still a great team, but he's struggling to get him the ball. Mark Andrews seems like the the go-to wide receiver, if you will. Uh it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I don't know, man. He, he's definitely a tough one. When I was throwing him on the list, I was like, oh, gosh. I was eager to hear what you were going to say, Tyler. So you look at it a few different ways. He's young enough that you can hold because he's already shown he can put up great numbers, or you sell if you're in disbelief. And I still think he holds 
a decent amount of value from the offseason. So, hey, if I were to get a mid-first-round pick for him, I would do it in a heartbeat, to be honest. Try to reset the clock, get Jamar Chase, get one of those running backs you mentioned earlier. So, hey, man, we'll see what the heck happens. Guy, I'm definitely eager to follow along. All right, let's move into some tight ends. Your homeboy, Johnny Smith, tight end for Tennessee Titans. What are you doing with him? Uh, I would sell depending on the price. Um, obviously, productive tight ends are few and far between, so any of them that produce even remotely solid numbers are honestly probably worth a mid first because they are so hard to find and so hard to hit. Whereas the top guys, Kelsey, even at his age, Kittle, those guys are worth three firsts because they're impossible to replace in any lineup. So I would sell. Um, obviously, Janu exploded onto the scene this year uh, early in the season. Uh, he showed upside last year. And then really being the guy this year, he exploded onto the scene. But uh, since everybody's got healthy in Tennessee, most notably A.J. Brown, uh, Janu Smith is clearly the uh, third, fourth, fifth option on the uh, pecking order of targets. Uh, I'm not saying Janu Smith isn't a, a good asset. I just don't think he's going to be a tight end that scores double digits every week consistently enough that you can hold over if somebody offers a mid first. I think he's done enough this season to increase his value, even though he's had a few down games. I recall he was on most people's radars as a breakout candidate for tight ends. But you're right. Once A.J. Brown came back, the passing game was just heavily, heavily towards wide receivers. Corey Davis, um, A.J. Brown, like we just mentioned. I think I would sell Johnny Smith here as well, assuming you have a playable backup tight end or a second tight end. So get your value, get your money's worth, assuming you picked him up for pretty much nothing, you know, a year or two ago, cash out, make a profit, move on. Last guy on the list, Tyler, is Hayden Hurst, tight end for the Atlanta Falcons. What are we doing here? Uh, I would buy. Uh, I, again, it, it depends heavily on price. Uh, Hayden Hurst has produced well enough that he would could be in that mid-first range. I would not pay that. I could see paying a late first, early second. I don't know if anybody would sell for that. Tight ends are so hard to judge because they're so expensive. They, I mean, if a guy puts up, you and I have talked about it, if a guy puts up eight or nine points, he's a top 10 tight end. I mean, that that's not good production from a fantasy asset, but it's solid production from a position void of productive options. So... You know, they're all so expensive that they're a buy low tight end is extremely hard to find. You got to get them a year early. Um, again, depends on price. I think Hurst is a nice buy uh, because he's young, but I'd be cautious on what you pay. You know, somebody like myself going back to Johnny Smith, uh, I needed a tight end very, very badly as a contender. I was concerned about James Robinson long-term. I thought maybe he was a flash in the pan. Uh, and I traded James Robinson for Johnny Smith and another player. And obviously, as time's gone on, that trade is absolutely horrendous. But that is kind of what it takes to get a tight end. you got to give something to get a productive tight end. And uh, I've said it many times on forums. I, I, I seem to never learn the lesson myself, but... 
Chasing a tight end is a very bad idea outside of Kittle or Kelsey. That's all I'm going to say. Tyler, you have officially been debunked on making a bad trade for the first time in your dynasty existence. So, hey, man, I mean, at the time it sounded decent. Nobody thought James Robinson would be doing what he's doing. But I agree wholeheartedly. There's no point in chasing a tight end. To be honest, if you wanted Hayden Hurst, your best bet was to pick him up this offseason before you had any idea of what he would be like in the Atlanta Falcons organization. I thought he was going to break out more than what he's doing. I mean, he's producing pretty fine numbers for a tight end. But you had to look at what Austin Hooper was doing with the Falcons and Hayden Hurst is way more talented than Austin Hooper. So you had to imagine that the high volume offense was there and he'd get his, his fair share of eating. Cool. Tyler, we're going to go ahead and jump right into one of our favorite segments, the wire W Y R. I'm going to ask you some, would you rather questions between two players? Let's just blow through these real quick. Cause I've got some really good hypothetical trades that I want to share with you. So right now, the first one coming in hot, would you rather own Terry McLaurin or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Uh, Terry McLaurin for me, I that's probably a wildly unpopular thing to say, but uh, he has shown no matter who his quarterback is, he can be an elite wide receiver. Um, could you imagine if uh, the Washington football team lands an actual quarterback in the draft, somebody who can really sling it, uh, Terry McLaurin's a top 10 wide receiver easily at that point. Um, lots of time for CEH to rebound, but I, I didn't honestly like him as a runner coming into the draft. I, I think him landing in KC, we've talked about it before, made his value explode. To me, CEH is a pass catching, catching running back. He's not a three down back. He's not a lead back. Um, again, that's probably wildly unpopular, but Terry McLaurin for me. Hey, man, Washington's got our boy Dwayne Haskins there. I don't know why they ain't playing him. No, I'm just joking. They land a receiver or a quarterback like Justin Fields or something. Hopefully they become the next franchise QB, and Terry McLaurin will eat all day, baby. Awesome. This next one is very tough, and we actually spoke about both these players earlier this show. Matchup with the quarterbacks. Would you rather own Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? I would still lean Lamar Jackson here. Um, I think they're very similar players. Uh, I, I agree. I think Jackson isn't a little bit of a funk, um, but I think he showed he really grew as a passer, uh, especially last year. Uh, that that kind of pulls on the heartstrings here because I'm a very, very big Lamar Jackson fan. Um, and that could very easily be a very bad decision to go that way in the future because Kyler Murray looks legit. But again, uh, Lamar Jackson looked like Kyler Murray did last year. So uh, I Murray will slow down. Uh, it, it's inevitable. It might not be this year. This could be the year that is his career year. You know, everybody has a career year. So I would still take Lamar Jackson. I think he is... Uh, as good as Murray is, Lamar Jackson on the ground is just an absolute freak. So um, I like his upside on the ground more. Hey, your boy owns him in the DLF league. Hit me up for a trade. He's on the block. Cool. All right. Hayden Hurst or Mike Kosicki? 
Battle of the tight ends. Uh, I would lean Hayden Hurst. Uh, I like that Matt Ryan is there at least for, you know, hopefully the next few years. Uh, they were both uh, – Gesicki was a freak athlete. He had a crazy combine that really helped his stock. Um, Hayden Hurst is a little bit more consistent as a starter. I'm not saying that he doesn't have your typical tight end games, but Gesicki seems to disappear a little bit more to me, whether that system, you know, with Tua could be different, but I would take Hayden Hurst here, but it's pretty close. That's a toss-up. All right. Hey, couldn't agree more. I think Hayden Hurst still holds more value long-term. Gesicki is definitely an interesting uh, tight end, to say the least, with his athleticism. I just don't think he's catching the ball as much, not getting as much volume. Last one on the list, Saquon Barkley or Michael Thomas? I would take Michael Thomas here. Uh, I trust wide receivers way more than running backs. Uh, running back position is ugly in fantasy anymore. There seems to be a ton of them. Uh, there's very few workhorses. Uh, Barkley is one of them, but I'm interested to see if that changes. Barkley has had uh, one major, major injury, obviously, and one last year that was a borderline major injury that I think they rushed him back from. Uh, moving forward, uh, Barkley, you drafted to literally be your franchise when you took him where you took him as the Giants. Uh, I wouldn't put nearly as much pressure on him workload-wise. So I think Barkley's workload takes a hit moving forward, whereas I know everybody's pretty down on Michael Thomas right now. Uh, the guy's been hurt all year. Uh, I think he'll rebound just fine whether Drew Brees is there or not. Thomas proved last year he's quarterback proof. He was still the best asset in fantasy last year, even when it was Bridgewater throwing him the ball. So give me Michael Thomas uh, pretty easily here. Could be a great buy low candidate too if, if someone's panicking. Um, so excellent, excellent. Good stuff here. I'd be careful with Saquon as well. I don't even think he should be necessarily like a top 10 startup pick next year. A lot of risk involved being a, a stud running back on a horrendous franchise. So I don't know, man. He's he's ringing some bells to me to stay away. So cool. Let's jump into some hypothetical trades. So I have prepared some hypothetical trade questions for you. I was recently browsing Dynasty League football forum. So some of you who are listening from that forum page, you might hear a trade offer that you posted to get advice. But don't you worry. The legendary Gator Sense is going to choose which side he would rather take. All right, Tyler, you ready? All set, man. All right, here we go. Right now, you are currently in first place with a 6-3 and three record. Would you give Aaron Jones, CeeDee Lamb, and Austin Eckler for Amari Cooper and Christian McCaffrey? I don't think I would. I think uh... – actually, say that one more time. Sorry, Brennan. Can you say that one more time? Yeah, give Aaron Jones, C.D. Lamb, and Austin Eckler for Amari Cooper and Christian McCaffrey. So you are getting Cooper and McCaffrey in this trade. I think a lot of that comes down to how you view Austin Eckler. Um, I am not a big Eckler fan. I, I think he's overrated. I think his value got overblown because Rivers can't throw the ball more than a yard. So I think his value got overblown last year. 
Uh, obviously, CMC is the best asset in this trade. Um, tough to argue against that. Uh, this one's tough for me because uh, I, it would take an awful lot for me to move CD Lamb. And although I think this helps you now, uh, I don't think I could pull the trigger on that. I think Lamb will be a better asset than Cooper. Uh, I think Aaron Jones will – I don't think he's going to put up CMC numbers, but I think he's going to be a top 10 running back moving forward. Uh, CMC's got some health issues this year. Uh, he got banged up again. Whether he misses time, I don't know. Um, and for me, I, I've learned so many times over the years. It's not – there is no such thing as a trade that puts you over the top. I've said it a million times, and I think long-term – I think you regret this trade because Aaron Jones and CMC to me are going to be gone long before CD Lamb. You know, Tyler, I think I'd actually take the McCaffrey and Amari Cooper side here. I, I have to disagree with you. I kind of view the trade a little differently. I mean, I'm not one to get hung up on young receivers per se. I mean, they're definitely nice to own. For example, CD Lamb, but I think this is a pretty inexpensive price to land arguably the best dynasty running back there is and i mean if you're contending going for the ship why wouldn't you want christian mccaffrey but i don't know man i also don't really view eckler as too much of a valued running back anymore because it's pretty evident that justin herbert wants to throw the ball downfield so when eckler does come back from injury i can't imagine that he will fit into the offense as he did when philip rivers rivers was under the gun so that's my thoughts right there yeah, I think piling on to what I, you know, my last part of this is, you know, I think this trade is, there's a lot of moving parts here. I think it's a very tricky trade. Um, piling on that, you know, Aaron Jones was the number two running back uh, prior to getting hurt. You know, I think CeeDee Lamb and Cooper are both incredibly risky the rest of this season. So even with getting Cooper on top, um, I don't know how much it does this year which uh, going for the championship, like you said, you know, C CMC is the best piece here. But, uh, you know, I, I would prefer to have Lamb over Cooper long term. So to me, there's just a lot going on in this trade. Yeah, big trade. Really happy to discuss it. I mean, that's good when, when you have two people on two different sides. That's how you know it's a good offer. Moving on, um, you're, you're a middle-of-the-pack team. Would you give an early second and a mid-second for a late first? These are all 2021 draft picks. Uh, as a middle-of-the-pack team, yes, I would, because I think you're going to get the best player uh, on paper in the deal once you uh, make that first-round pick. If you're in a full rebuild, no, I probably would keep uh, both the seconds. But, you know, a middle team that's not great but not bad, yeah, take the first here. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if it's a late first round pick anyways, that's kind of in the same realm as a early second. So might as well double up on the assets if you're rebuilding, but middle of the pack team, go get that first. Definitely like that there. Tyler, the last one I've got on the list for tonight, you're a rebuilding team. Would you give Chris Godwin or OBJ a 2021 first and a 2021 second? Uh, I would not. I think this is a really, really bad time to trade Chris Godwin. Um, I'm a Chris Godwin owner. I'm incredibly frustrated after last year. 
with how he's playing this year, the lack of involvement he's had, the injuries, incredibly frustrating. But think about what Chris Godwin was worth coming into the season versus what you would get for him now. Chris Godwin was up in that range of three or four first rounders uh, this offseason, and uh, the package in play here is nowhere near that. I mean, everybody knows how I feel about Beckham, so I'm not going to get into that. But no, I think this is selling Godwin incredibly short. Uh, He's only 24 years old. Don't forget that. Uh, One bad year, it's just one year. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Don't like OBJ from here on out. It's going to be very difficult for him to bounce back. Austin Tyler, that's going to do it for the hypothetical trades. Now we will move into my favorite segment, juicy matchups. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Tyler, you ready for my matchup today? Oh, man, I can't wait. All right, let's hit it. So I have got Houston Texans versus the Cleveland Browns for the juicy matchup this week. And I actually am going to predict an upset here, Tyler. I think the Houston Texans, who are currently two and six, will upset the Cleveland Browns, who are currently five and three. They're going to win 30 to 24. The reason why is because I think the Houston Texans offense is on fire right now because of Deshaun Watson. But let me jump into the details on why I selected this matchup for the juicy matchup this week. Houston's defense against specific positions. This is the ranks. QBs, they are the 28th best defense. Running backs, they rank 30th. Wide receivers, 26th. Tight ends, 23rd. Now, Cleveland's defense against these positions, QBs, they rank 29th. Running backs, 15th. Wide receivers, 27th. Tight ends, 17th. Both defenses are pretty bad all around. Cleveland has a mediocre run defense, but either way, I mean, Houston's got such a great quarterback and Deshaun Watson is just going to shred them in the air. Here are the opponents' points per game. So these are the points they've given up to their opponents. Cleveland is currently ranked 26th. So they are one of the worst defenses in the league. They give up over 29.6 points per game to their opponents this season. Houston is even worse. They rank 29th, giving up 30.2 points per game. I don't know what more you want to hear because that in its own right there shows you that each team actually has a chance to score 30 points against their opponent this week. Uh, The Browns have given up nine rushing touchdowns and 17 passing touchdowns this season. They give up at least one rushing tutty and two passing tutties a game. That's crazy. They give up an average of 265 passing yards per game, which is ridiculous as well. The Texans have given up 11 rushing tutties and 18 passing touchdowns this game. They've also given up an average of about 200 56 passing yards per game. So what this means, this means Deshaun Watson is absolutely going to eat against them. As I mentioned, I cannot stress this enough. He's going to shred the Browns. He averages actually this season 297 passing yards per game and over two passing touchdowns per game. Now, his stud receiver so far this year has actually been Will Fuller. Will Fuller has always been a guy that has a lot of question marks due to health. But believe it or not, he is currently the eighth-ranked receiver in half PPR formats. He has caught a touchdown in his last six games, so he will be looking to continue that streak and catch a seventh touchdown in a row. Now, one thing we need to look at, Nick Chubb, a.k.a. my favorite running back in the NFL. I'm actually rocking his jersey tonight, Tyler. He is activated from IR, and he should be ready to rock. Cleveland's 
run game will dictate the script. I think game script will kind of figure out what Cleveland will decide to do. If they are down right away, then Baker Mayfield is going to try to pass the ball, and you'll look for guys like Jarvis Landry to have a big game. If they can score a couple touchdowns right off the bat, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt should produce at a high level. They both should combine for maybe 150 rushing yards, and one of them should get in the end zone, but we will see. Either way, both offenses have the opportunity to put up big points. I think Houston will come away with this dub. Again, I'm predicting they will beat the Browns 30-24. to Tyler, what are your thoughts on this week's juicy matchup? Loving it, man. Love the juicy matchup. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's my favorite segment of the show, and I like to see if we're right or wrong here. So, excellent. That's going to do it for the juicy matchup. Tyler, you are actually in charge of the stardom sit this week, so I'm super pumped to see who you've selected. You got it, man. You all ready? Yes, sir. All right, so I'm going to kind of rip through this since uh, we're pressing on time here a little bit. Uh, but QBs start Aaron Rodgers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville pass defense has really struggled this season throughout, but more importantly in the last couple weeks, they've allowed five passing touchdowns in the past two games, and Rodgers has been on fire since Devontae Adams have come back. You know, just lock in Rodgers and roll it. A uh, guy that appeared earlier in the show, sit Kirk Cousins versus the Chicago Bears. I think Minnesota will keep the ball on the ground as much as possible, uh, but going up against one, the toughest pass defense in fantasy, I mean, amazingly, uh, Chicago has not allowed 300 yards passing in a single game yet this season. I mean, that is absolutely incredible when you think about how many yards there are week to week with quarterbacks. I mean, that's insane. That's really, really impressive. So I would look elsewhere other than Kirk Cousins, put him on your bench and leave him there. Uh, running back, going out on a little bit of a limb here, I would roll Antonio Gibson versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Lions have been torched in back-to-back games on the ground. Uh, they gave up 100-plus two weeks ago, and then obviously against Delvin Cook, they gave up 200-plus last week and have allowed five rushing touchdowns in the past three games. That's huge. I think Washington will try to keep the play calling run heavy to kind of ease uh, a little bit of the pressure off Alex Smith. So I would deploy and roll Gibson. I think he's going to have a really solid game. Uh, kind of going back to like we said last week, San Francisco 49ers versus the New Orleans Saints. I would not start any of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Saints have just been dominant on the ground. Um, combine that with how unpredictable the San Francisco 49ers running backs have been. I would not start any of them. Look elsewhere here. Uh, start wide receiver. I would, I'm going to go with the stack here. Uh, Devonte Adams versus Jacksonville, you know, much like I said about, uh, Aaron Rodgers. uh, Devonte Adams is on fire since coming back from his injury. Adams has 483 yards and six tutties in just four games. I mean, that's insane. The guy's the best fantasy receiver in football currently. Uh, this is a juicy matchup. Uh, I'd rack a man. Go with it. Roll Adams. Uh, my set would be Jacoby Myers versus Baltimore. I think Myers might be a little bit of a trendy uh, plug and play this week after what he did last week on uh, national television, the biggest stage Monday night. He had an incredible game. Uh, looked like Newton couldn't literally throw to anybody else. 
Uh, but this week he's going against a very stout Baltimore defense. I think the Pats are going to struggle uh, throughout every aspect of this game. I think Newton's going to be under a ton of pressure, and I would not even consider starting Jacoby Myers this week. At tight end, another guy who came up, uh, Mike Kosicki versus the Chargers. Uh, it's kind of slim pickings this week with uh, Kelsey being on a bye and Kittle being hurt, but hey, we had to go somewhere. The Chargers have allowed a TD to a tight end in back-to-back weeks. Uh, as we've mentioned, that alone makes you a top 10 uh, play. So I would roll Gusecki here. Uh, the Chargers defense has struggled overall. I think Tua is going to be looking to maybe check down a little bit to uh, take some pressure off himself. So Gusecki looks like a nice guy to roll to me. Uh, my sit would be Jonu Smith versus the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, John, as we mentioned, has not been playing real well of late. I mean, he put together a decent stat line last week, but that was really two passes and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. I wouldn't rely on that every week. So I think he's going to struggle. Uh, the Colts have not allowed a TD to a tight end this season still. Just impressive. I mean, the Colts defense from top to bottom, passing, rushing, whatever it is, is extremely stout. They're extremely tough. Uh, I'd find a different option here than Johnny Smith. So there you go, Brendan. That's my stardom sit-ems. I know I ripped right through it, man, but what do you think? My first thought is the Bears. Couldn't agree more with your takes, man. You know, I think that if Minnesota wants to win this game, they will have to rely on Dalvin Cook. Bears defense is just incredibly good uh, against quarterbacks and deep throws, mid-range throws, and Kirk Cousins definitely struggles, man. He has on and off games. Uh, I'm really excited to see if Jacoby Myers will have a repeat game. I mean, I don't think he will, as you mentioned, because he's got such a tough matchup, but I think it's really cool to kind of see these guys who have shown a big flare and a big spark to see if they'll continue on. I know I picked him up in a couple leagues, so we'll see if he's uh, the real deal or not. But Tyler, overall, man, I mean, great selections. I, I'm really eager to see how well you do and uh, see what you got correct, what you got wrong, which actually leads us in to hot takes and bold predictions. Tyler, we had a big change in lead this week. You are currently 2-7 and seven in hot takes and bold predictions. I have jumped up into first going 3-6. and six. What were your takes last week and what went wrong? Uh, let's see here. Brennan, why don't you give me your takes first and I will grab my takes here. Oh, you want to hear the leader go ahead first. I like that. That's mad respect. So, you know, out of the, out of the three takes, I've got two correct here. First one was Jerry Judy, Denver wide receiver. Will eclipse a hundred receiving yards for the first time this season against the Atlanta Falcons? Well, he sure did eclipse a hundred yards. He had seven receptions for 125 yards and a tutty. So put that one on the board. Next up, Drew Locke going to his quarterback. I predicted Drew Locke, quarterback for the Denver Broncos, will finish as a top 10 QB this week against the Atlanta Falcons. He is currently projected as the 18th ranked QB. But guess what? He did finish top 10. He was the uh, the 6th ranked QB, 25 for 48 on 313 yards, two touchdowns in the air. One rushing touchdown. Boom. Put that one on the board too, making me three and five. Now, the one I did get incorrect was I predicted Damian Harris, the New England running back, will finish as a top 12 running back this week against the New York Jets. He was projected as the 23rd ranked running back in half PPR formats. 
He let me down. 14 rush attempts for 71 yards, no touchdowns. He finished running back 28th this week. But in all fairness, he did tie and scored the same amount of points as Ezekiel Elliott. So that's got to count for something. But Tyler, I'm sitting at three and six. What were your takes this week, if you're ready? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Brent, last those are uh, really good takes, man. I love the Jerry Judy call. Uh, I thought the the lock was pretty risky, but hey, man, you you nailed it. Uh, hopefully that's a good start for my man Judy to get it going here. Uh, as far as my takes went, a solid 0-3, which uh, jumps you into the lead. But uh, my first take was Mike Williams would go over 100 yards and get in the end zone. Uh, he did neither. He caught five balls for 81 yards on seven targets and no touchdowns. Not a bad game, a solid PPR game, but not what we were looking for. Well, at least not what I was looking for. I know that's what you were looking for in more ways than <laughs> one. So I started him against you, which uh, – not to spoil the fun here, but uh, Brendan destroyed me last week. So congrats on that one as well. Oh, it was uh, all luck. <laughs> uh, my second one was Terry McLaurin would have two TDs through the air against the Giants this weekend. He had a really solid game. He caught uh, seven balls on his eight targets for 115 yards, but only one touchdown. So my man, F1, let me down as well. And then last but not least, Chase Edmonds, a trendy, uh, great start last week. Man, he I picked he'd go over 100 yards, nothing about teeters, nothing about tutties, but just 100 yards. Couldn't even help me with that. He had a horrible 2.8 yards per carry for 70 total yards, 25 carries. Man, you have got to get over 100 yards with that, don't you? Yeah, I think if you get at the ball handed off to you 20 times, that should be an automatic 100 yards. And uh, I know that's like a five-yard per carry ratio right there, but the fact that a team's going to trust you with that many handles, I mean, you've got to be able to, to break 100 yards. Uh, I, I can't believe that you predicted Terry McLaurin to go for two touchdowns. That's absolutely ridiculous. And I feel you got shamed because he did put up a great stat line, so – uh, you were risking it all for the biscuit right there, and I guess you were halfway. So I really like it, Tyler. Uh, are you ready for your takes this week? I'm all set, man. You ready to hear them? Yeah, yeah. We'll let the 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 weekly loser go first, as I like to say. <laughs> well, you can chalk, you can chalk me up to a three and zero this weekend. I got some bold right. takes. All right. After like we discussed, a horrendous outing. The goat. TB12 will rebound and have 300 plus yards passing. And are you ready, Brendan? At least three tutties this weekend against Carolina. At least three tutties. That's big time stuff right there. Holy smokes. It's all going to go to my man Godwin, too. So um, next up, I got James Conner versus a pretty suspect Cincinnati uh, rush defense. I think he'll go over 100 yards rushing this weekend. And last but, last but not least, Robert Woods versus Seattle uh, Seahawks will find the end zone twice this weekend. I'm going back to another WR having two TDs. Uh, I love how they've been using him in the reverse lately. So Woods, two tutties this weekend. That's risky, bro. That is really risky. I mean, a two-touchdown game is pretty impressive, even if they've only got like – you know, three receptions for 20 yards. Finding the end zone is not easy to do, so very rewarding if if they do. So uh, I like them, man. I like them a lot. I, I think that 
Robert Woods has the best chance to find the end zone twice out of all the receivers on the Rams. So good choice there, man. You ready for my takes? Oh, yeah, I'm ready, man. Oh, and I need you 0-3, though. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> no, it ain't going to happen. I think that happened to me week one. We're definitely not going backwards there. All right, so my week 10 hot takes and bold predictions. First off, we'll start out with my boy, Nick Chubb, running back for the Cleveland Browns. He's coming back this week. He will rush for over 100 yards his first game back against Houston. I pegged that matchup as the juicy matchup for this week. So we'll see if they can get the ground game going, and Nick Chubb will eat. Next up, Jared Goff, quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, will throw at least three passing touchdowns against the Seattle Seahawks. Tyler, I hate to break it to you, but if Robert Woods gets two passing touchdowns, I can almost guarantee you that Jared Goff would find a third one to throw. What are your thoughts? No, that's just where it's going to end, man. He's going to get two to Woods. He's going to stall out. And uh, I think you wearing the Nick Chubb jersey, man. That that might that might send a little bit of good juju to your boy. Yeah, I think it definitely will. You know, I had to break it out. So Nick Chubb is definitely going to rush for a hundred plus yards, and Jared Goff is for sure going to throw three passing touchdowns because he's playing the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this last take I have is a tight end who kind of is on and off, but overall has been pretty sturdy, I'd say. Uh, that's Eric Ebron, tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he will catch a touchdown pass this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Tyler, we had pretty similar hot takes due to the matchups and in, in the defenses. So, you know, anytime you play the Seattle Seahawks, you probably should just pick the entire offense to score 20 times. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I think. I I mean, you're you're on the up, man. I, my takes are just. They've been struggling lately. I really need a solid week here. Brady has got to come through for me. Hey, he's called the GOAT for a reason, so I've got faith, man. We're going to keep this a tight race, and loser will buy the winner's – loser will pay for the winner's buy-in for the 2021 season. So that's a great bet. Keeps us all engaged. And uh, Tyler, going to extend my lead here. Uh, But that's going to do it for the show tonight, everybody. Tyler, before we sign off, do you have anything you'd like to say? I don't have a whole lot this week, man. Just again, everybody take a deep breath as you head into trade deadlines as we're on a full sprint towards playoffs. And I I, I can't reiterate it enough. Don't blow up your future to chase a ship. There is no such thing as the last piece. There you go. You heard it from the legendary Gator Sens. So thank you, everybody. We really appreciate you listening in. Please hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at HalfbackDynasty. You can also send us an email, halfbackdynasty at gmail.com, if you need some private uh, messaging going on or some information there. Uh, You can also find us on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. My name is McCaffsteys. Tyler goes by GatorSense. We can help you out in any way needed. So thank you all for listening. Stay smooth. And just remember, You're in this for life.